Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody? On a chilly, windy, rainy, rare desert night. There's not many nights like this for us, but praise God, we like the cold weather. Amen. Well, lots of great stuff going on. We've got a busy calendar, and Easter is coming up not too far away, Resurrection Sunday. And I already know that you're going to bring somebody to church with you on Easter, aren't you? Show hands. Come on, you're not going to waste... I mean, there's the golden opportunity to get people into the house of God. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we are going to see Jesus turn this nation around because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And so we're going to put some more laborers into that field. Let's speak this together. Father, 
We come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. All right. Got a few quick announcements for you to keep you in the loop. So, guess what? The HVAC is not installed this week, all right? But hey, hey, hold on. Good news, good news. So it's going to be installed next week. Uh, they are, the manufacturer, they didn't have our sixth and final unit manufactured. I mean, these things are fresh, baby. These things are being built right now, okay? So anyway, uh, we're going to wait until next week so they can do all six at the same time and not have to come back out here and go back and forth. So hey, we said, you know what? That's fine. We're good with that. So next week, so you get one final week with the dinosaurs on the roof okay so we will miss you and have a good life all right very good uh ladies the women's meeting is this friday night at 6 30 let's give it up for the women's meeting amen and so desiree who's right here walking around right that's desiree she uh her and leah are going to be doing the meeting huh just her all right guess what you know you know what's what's better than having leah and desiree Trust me, it's just having Desiree. We love Leah, but come on. <laughs> uh, hopefully she's watching this so she could feel that jab. We kind of go back and forth. Anyway, all right. We love Leah. She's awesome. But Desiree will be leading the women's meeting Friday night at 6.30. All right. And here's another another thing coming up Sunday. Now, this is one of my non-favorite things of the year, but it's when the time change occurs and the time springs forward and you lose an hour of sleep. But guess what? It's okay. Jesus still loves us and we're going to be all right. We're going to get through this, but time changes Sunday. And then also membership class is this Sunday, this Sunday from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., all right? And so I got a lot of you guys signed up, but there is still time to sign up. Sunday from 4 to 7 p.m., you can be a member and a part of this beautiful, wonderful family, and then you can start getting involved. You're like, hey, I want to do something within the church. Here's your chance. Become a member, all right? Very good. Now, here's a big announcement. Are you guys ready for a big one? I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that, all right? So, on Sunday, April 11th, we have a very special guest speaker at the morning service. It'll be Dr. Mark T. Barclay joining us on a Sunday morning. All the way from Midland, Michigan. He will be here with us. He's never been here on a Sunday morning before, so this is a big deal for us. He will be here at the Sunday morning service that week, so don't miss out. The Sunday before that is Easter, so you'll be here because, come on, it's Easter. But then the next Sunday, you got to be here because Dr. Barclay is going to be here. You do not want to miss out on him, and it's going to be a life-changing event. So anyway, we'll give you more details and information on that coming up, but we are super excited. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It's happy time. Very good. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will give you an envelope. And we're going to open our Bible to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. And we're going to look at a verse here. Now, this is interesting. Psalm 37 and verse 21. Psalm 37 and verse 21. This is an interesting verse to me. Because you got to realize that there's a difference between you and everybody else. Why? Because you are a child of God. you got to realize that not everybody in the world is a, a child of God. Everybody says that. Sometimes people say that. But the truth is, people that have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior and have been adopted into the family, those are the sons and daughters of God. And there's a difference between us and everybody else. Like it or not. So Psalm 37, in verse 21 in the NLT, it says, The wicked borrow and never repay. Did you know that it's wicked to borrow and not repay it? Thank you for your holy silence. Thank you. I, I feel that. That's good stuff. No, really. It, it's wicked to borrow and not repay it. And then, in fact, the Bible says that's what the wicked do. But what about the godly? But the godly are generous givers. How many godly people do we have in the house tonight? Amen. That's why we've got a church full of godly, generous givers. Because when you're godly, you, you want to give. It's in your heart to be a giver. It's in your heart to, to give back out of what God has blessed you with. That's why you, you don't have to, you don't have to force somebody that's a born again Christian to, to be generous. Come on. It's in your heart. And so I, challenge you and I encourage you tonight that you're not like the wicked. You're not like all those people in the world that, that are borrowing and they're only in it for, well, what can I get out of this? And, and I don't care about anybody else. I'm just going to take care of me and number one. No. That's what the wicked say. But the godly are generous givers. And thank God we know that according to the New Testament, Luke six thirty eight, that when we do give, it is given back unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And then God gives back into our bosom. It is given back unto us when we give. Who's excited about giving tonight? Man, I love to give. Hey, I love it. Let's go ahead and we're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. Can we stand up together tonight? You're going to stand up because, hey, we're going to speak some words of faith. And then we're going to get into some praise and worship and get into the word of God, let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. 
This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan? Son and daughter, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Now this is amazing grace. This is a family love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me
as morning dawns and evening fades, and you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name let the nation sing it louder. Cause nothing has the power to save but your name. Jesus. Give us strength to live for you and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your Sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to say But your name Let's sing Jesus in your name Jesus in your name we pray
is a shelter like no other your name I'll let the nation sing it louder cause nothing has the power to save but your name hallelujah We lift up the name of Jesus tonight. Lord, we love you. And we absolutely declare without any shadow of a doubt that your name is a strong and mighty tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. And Lord, we cling to your name. We cling to you tonight, Father. And we will never look away. We thank you for the power that is in the name of Jesus. We love you and we praise you tonight, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen, amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful night? Amen. All right. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna have a good time tonight. Uh, there's a, I don't know, some of this bit on my heart, and so I know that uh, the Lord wanted me to share this with us tonight, and uh, it's kind of always on my heart, though, so I don't know, but, you know, uh, you guys get this, you're here on a cold, wet Wednesday night, but... I, you, who, you just love Jesus. I mean, you're obsessed with Jesus. You can't get enough of him. And, and, and it doesn't make any sense to you why everybody isn't like that. You know, and, and not, not in a judgmental way, but, but when you've really tasted and seen that the Lord is good, like Psalm 34 talks about, it just baffles you. Man, is there like you, there's just anybody, you've got a favorite food and, and you love it and you can't get enough of it. And then somebody else comes along and they're like, man, I don't like that. I, I don't, I, I, I that's not for me. And it's just like, What's wrong with you? How could you not like this? And that's how it is for somebody that's fanatical about Jesus. You just, you don't get how not everybody else feels the same way you do because you are so obsessed with Jesus and with the word of God. And so the title tonight is this. It's called Stay Alert. Stay Alert. Now, we're going to look at several verses tonight, this evening, that that use the phrase, stay alert. Now, depending on which translation of the Bible you're reading, they may say things like, be prepared, or be sober and vigilant, or even straight up, stay awake. But no matter what translation you're you're looking at or, 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 or whatnot, the point is simple and the point is direct, and it's this, be prepared in your Christian walk. Stay awake, stay alert, and be prepared. And we're going to look at a few instances tonight in how you need to stay alert and be prepared. But you have to know this. You are in God's army. Do you realize that? You're in the army of God. And, and you know, some people are like, well, I don't know if I believe all that and that spiritual warfare stuff. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's real. You know, and in fact, only 48% of people in America believe that the devil is actually real. But yet, like 90 some percent believe that God is real. And listen, you better realize whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. He's real. And I'm not glorifying him and I'm not putting him on a pedestal and talking about how big and scary and powerful he is because I'm not afraid of the devil. But the truth of the matter is this is whether you admit it or not, you're in a battle. Warfare is real. There's a real enemy, and to pretend that he doesn't exist is foolish. 
That's a certain plan for failure. And to, to not be sober and vigilant and awake and alert, as the scripture tells us, is a fool thing to do. And so, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and we are going to dig into the Word of God and cram it all into about 30 minutes worth of time here tonight. Who can think so we can do that? All right, thank you for your confidence, because I'm not so sure, but I, um, we're going to do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for the Word of God. And, Lord, we are going to have a great time tonight studying the Word, getting into, into the Bible that you blessed us with. And I pray that we will open our hearts to you, open our minds to you, and you are going to absolutely change us, Lord, challenge us, correct us, bring us up to the next level, because we do not want to stay where we are. We thank you for it. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... All right, so three areas that you better stay alert in. Number one tonight is this, in battle. In the battle. And so uh, let, we're going to look at something that Peter said here. And you got to realize, man, Peter, he was close with Jesus. And so, I mean, I'm listening to everybody in the Bible, but Peter was super close to Jesus. I'm very interested in what he has to say along these lines. First Peter chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 8 and 9. Thank you, Dylan. First Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine. Alex, where's my whistle? Come on, man. <laughs> man, take a drink. Wet those lips down. Whistle. Alex, since he's been a teenager, he always has this thing where he whistles right, right before the Bible verse. And I don't know. I'm just used to it now because it's been going on for so long. First Peter chapter five. And we're going to look here at verses eight and nine. And it says this. Stay alert. That's what I'm talking about. That's the whole topic tonight. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, your wife. The dude at work. The Republicans. The Democrats. No. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. What do you got to do? Stand Firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. It tells us to stand firm against him. Now, I love that the very first thing that it tells us there in verse 8 is to stay alert. Stay alert. And I know this much. If you're in, in the war zone, if you're on the battlefield... One massive key to success is at least being awake. Right? I mean, if there's bullets whizzing around and rockets and mortars going off everywhere, you probably, I mean, you don't have that good of a chance if you're just going to lay down and take a nap right there. Now, I'm not trained in warfare and things of that nature, but I do know this much. Your chances of winning and at least surviving have to be astronomically higher if you are at the very least awake. And alert and paying attention. And so many people, they can't even say that. I'm just being real. So many people, there is a battle going on all around them. There is fiery darts of the wicked one, like Ephesians 6 talks about, and they are taking a nap. Well, 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 who would take, nobody would do that. Who would take a nap in the battle, in the middle of, of the battle and, and, and in the war? I'll tell you exactly who would do it. Christians. Thank you. Yes. And I know I'm not, that's not a judgmental, that's not a pointing fingers, that's just, that's flat out the truth. 
there's a lot of Christians that we are stinking in the middle of the end times, man. I don't know what other signs that we could give you for this, but it's all out there. And there are Christians right now that, I mean, I, not you guys, but maybe someone you know, they haven't even read their Bible this week. They haven't prayed this week. Christians right now, bombs going off in the spiritual world everywhere, and they haven't been to church in a month. Or watched online. Or done anything of that nature. Now, again, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to be mean, but I'm trying to get some people's attention. That's ridiculous. We are in the middle of one of the, the biggest fight of the ages, spiritually speaking, where sign after sign, prophecy after prophecy from Jesus himself, from Daniel, from Isaiah, from Paul, from Peter, all these guys, sign after sign, day after day, we're seeing it more and more. And there's some Christians that are just flat out asleep, not paying any attention at all. That, 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 that makes me really nervous. Why for me? No, not for me. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And I know that, you know, a lot of you, you all are doing that too. But some people cannot make that statement and mean it. And this is not the time to be falling asleep and, 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 uh, and not paying attention. So no wonder so many people that are born again are facing and, and, and some of the, some of the, the problems that they're facing. And again, hear my heart, not being mean, but let's just be real. There's some people that they are dealing with things that they shouldn't even be dealing with right now. They should be on to a higher level, not dealing with the same junk that, that caught them up beforehand, but they're not paying attention. And as Peter said, the great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, what is easier prey than someone that's just flat out asleep, not paying any attention? Somebody that their their mind is totally somewhere else, they are not paying attention at all. That is a very easy target to pick off. And and that frightens me for some people, to be flat out honest. I'm, I'm nervous for them because... Their head is not in the game. I remember anybody ever go to like a, a little league baseball game or something like that? And you know, there's, there's some kids that, that they're cute, they're adorable, we're glad they're there, but really they're just not paying attention, right? And the ball may get hit their way and it sails over their head and they don't even realize it. They're picking their nose and kicking daisies or whatever. And, and other kids have to come and go get the ball that, that, that went, that, that went right past them. And, and you're like, come on, man, that, that was your, that was, that was your chance. That was your job. Well, they just flat out, they weren't ready. They weren't paying attention. I coached little league basketball for several years and, and you know, there's some kids that they just, they, they, they were out there. I, I had one kid during the middle of the game, he just walked off the court to the concession stand to get a snow cone. I'm like, come on, man. We'll be there in a minute. Snow cone time is intense, but we're in the middle of the game right here. So someone goes to throw the ball over there and he's eating a snow cone. Seriously. We gotta get this together. And that's what some Christians are doing. And so let's look over at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. Now we're not hurting anyone's feelings tonight, are we? I'll take that as a yes. All right, very good, very good. So we're going to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look here at verse 11. So what we just saw there, Peter, he called the devil our enemy, and he said that he goes around 
like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So Ephesians 6, we're going to look here at verse 11, and you need to be familiar with Ephesians 6. There is a lot of very important information in there, uh, especially regarding the armor of God and spiritual warfare. And so Ephesians 6 and verse 11 It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, that word wiles, that's kind of not a word that we use a whole lot these days. You know, like, man, that guy's the wiles of that guy over there. He's just he's a wily one. Well, it's the word wily. It means tricky. Right? You watch cartoons, you got Wiley Coyote. What does that mean? It means he's tricky. He's doing underhanded, not right stuff to try to win. He's got a trick to win. And that tells me something about the devil that he may not be fought out as powerful as a lot of people think he is. Because anybody that has to resort to trickery and underhanded, backwards, backdoor, come in the wrong way, anybody that has to resort to trickery and deceit to beat you is not flat out as powerful as they think they are. And and somebody that's just straight up got the power, they'll just come and mow you down and like, okay, well, well, that was that. But the devil, a lot of people think of the devil as God's evil equivalent. You got God on the good side, God's over here, and then his equal on this side, the devil is equally as bad as God is powerful. He's not God's evil equivalent. Listen, listen. He, he's a fallen angel that screwed up in heaven and got his butt kicked out. And yeah, he's got some power. He can do some things. But guess what? We have got the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen! Now, if, if you're just falling asleep on the battlefield and you don't even know what day it is, come on. Then that means nothing to you. But if you are a born-again, on-fire, Holy Ghost-filled Christian, when I say the name of Jesus, something happens on the inside of you, and you're ready to shout. Amen? As much as the devil hates the name of Jesus, I love the name of Jesus. And I tell you this much, any time that I've cast the devil out of somebody, it has always been when the name of Jesus has been brought up. 100% any time that I've seen the devil cast out of somebody, and I've seen it, every time it's been when the name of Jesus has been in use. One time when I was, I don't know, I guess 18, I don't, I don't know if Katie and I must, we must not have been married yet, maybe we were, I don't know. Anyway. No, I was 19 because we were married. So anyway, uh, so we're, we're at the church in Indiana and I was leading worship and I, and when I just start singing this song, um, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And dude, this little skinny, probably 19 year old girl in the second row just goes banana, just goes berserk. I mean, she's flopping on the floor yelling this grown man voice coming out of her. And my dear sweet mama chases that girl down in the name of Jesus and cast the devil out of her. The devil hates the name of Jesus. Telling you right now, you want to make the devil mad and you do. You want to use the name of Jesus as much as you can, everywhere you can. And believe me, you will see miracles happen. And so what I'm saying is this is we are in a battle right now. Don't fall asleep. Stay alert. Stay awake. Be ready. Number two. 
Stay alert in prayer. In prayer. Now I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to examine this point for a minute. Ephesians 6 verse 18. You're already in Ephesians 6. Why not look at verse 18? It's just a couple verses forward. Ephesians 6 and verse 18. And it tells us this. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. There it is again. There it is again. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So pray in the spirit at all times and then what? Stay alert. So apparently there are a lot of people who are Christians that are not staying alert when it comes to prayer. Specifically right here it says praying in the spirit. Now, the majority of Christians don't do much praying until they're already in a bad situation. And that's the truth. Whether <laughs> that's the absolute, I've been in this a while and I've been, you know, been in the church for a very long time now. And I just know that it's the absolute truth. The majority, not all, not all of them, but the majority of Christians don't start doing their prayer until they're already in a bad situation. The flood comes and they grab a bucket and try to start bailing water out of there and laying a foundation real quick. But as we've said, it's super hard to lay a foundation in standing water. Now, it's, you know, better late than never, but fact of the matter, most Christians don't have a consistent prayer life unless they are in the middle of a really bad situation. A lot of our troubles could be prevented if we were in regular communication with God. He shouldn't just hear from you when you want something. You got anybody that you say their number pop up and like, oh, gee, I wonder what they want. <laughs> right? Because they never call to see how you're doing. They only call when they need something from you. Now, God shouldn't be up there in heaven and he sees his call already. Whoa, him? Man, well, he must need something again because I haven't heard from him since last time he needed a miracle. And that, you know, that, please go to God every time you need something. But wouldn't it be nice if he just heard from you in the morning and, Father, I love you. I just wanted to come and say good morning. I love you. I praise your name. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you. You are worthy. There is none like you. Your name is above Every name. Wouldn't it be great if he heard from you something like that? Just saying a little food for thought. But look at some of the ways and times that Ephesians 6.18 tells us to pray. It says to pray in the spirit. I do that, man. I believe that is a direct reference to praying in tongues. All right. And so I do that. But either way, prayer is absolutely essential uh, in the spirit. He says to pray at all times and Every occasion. You don't need a special occasion to pray. You know what? If someone, if you, if, 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 if you offer to pray for someone and they're like, well, what's the occasion? That's not a good witness on you because you should just be someone that prays on every occasion. Well, what's the occasion? Man, it, it, it's Wednesday at, at seven o'clock. Who cares? I don't need an occasion. I just pray because I pray at all times and on every occasion. It tells us to, in prayer, stay alert and to what? Be persistent. Are you a persistent praying person? Are you persistent in this? Or do you just give up? Listen, that's a lot of stuff packed into one little verse right there, but I believe it's essential for us to get because this is written to the Ephesian church, the church in the city of Ephesus. And this was really Paul's best church. 
you realize the Apostle Paul, he was in charge of a whole lot of churches and a whole lot of cities. And the church at Ephesus was pretty much his very best church that he was involved with. And you can look at that. There's some deep theology in there. And they were much less annoying than the Corinthian church. You read, you read the book of Ephesians. There's some deep stuff in there. You flip over to first and second Corinthians. These guys were immature. They, he had to write simple stuff as get along. Don't sue other Christians. Don't have, you know, wrong relationships with people you shouldn't have wrong. I mean, the, the difference between Corinthians and Ephesians is astounding. He is so much deeper with the church at Ephesus. Now, what I'm saying is this. If this was his most mature people and he had to remind them, stay alert, stay awake, be persistent. You got to stick with this thing. That tells me that consistent prayer seems to be hard even for mature Christians. I don't know a whole lot of Christians that'll say that that prayer is just some very easy thing for them. For most people, consistent, persistent prayer, like in Ephesians 6, 18 is talking about, alert, persistent prayer is something that almost is a sacrifice and something that you have to push through to. I remember when I worked at FedEx in Indianapolis, I had about a 40-minute drive to work. And so I can tell you this much from my personal experience. I started out, I'm like, man, praise God, I've got a 40-minute drive to work. I am going to hammer this thing in prayer, man. Woo! And so I'm all excited like Ric Flair or something. Woo! And, uh, and so, you know, come on. Nick, you got that. And so I'm like, I'm going to be a prayer warrior 40 minutes a day. And so I get to pray in, in tongues. I'm praying in the spirit. And I mean, next thing I know, I'm dozing off and driving. Well, well I'm driving off the road. What's going on here? We can do this. And so I wake myself back up. And this went on for days. And I realized if I was listening to the radio, I didn't get sleepy at all. But as soon as I started trying to be a macho prayer warrior, I started dozing off and falling asleep and couldn't stay awake. Why is that? There's no resistance from the devil when I'm listening to the radio. He doesn't care. But when I start praying in tongues, when I start doing some spiritual warfare, there's some resistance. Listen, you have trouble going to sleep at night? Start praying. The devil will knock you. You'll be asleep in minutes. Seriously. Don't try it tonight, man. Try it. Throw the NyQuil away and pray yourself to sleep. It will not take long because stuff starts happening. And, you know, maybe you're maybe you're much holier than me. There's a good chance that you are. But listen, that's just been what I've seen in my life. And so what I've also seen is this. And I've used this example, but I'm going to use it again. So imagine, and this, and the reason I know this is true is because this literally happened back in 2008. So Chuck over here calls me on a Monday and, and, uh, he's like, Hey, there's this massive Christian rock tour coming through Barstow. They want to use our building. And I'm saying there was like four of the biggest Christian bands of the day that are coming. Somebody else paid for it. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. They just needed a big building. And so we're like, well, we got that. So they come in and within three days notice, I mean, no chance to advertise nothing. Three days notice we've got from this stage right here to the back wall. Everything was out of here. Every wall, every table, every chair, nothing but standing room. 2000 Christians from here to there, shoulder to shoulder with like two days notice. Listen to this. 
if I started advertising right now for the prayer meeting of the century, six months from now, we'll, we'll, we'll say September the 5th, 2021, mark your calendars, save a seat, the prayer meeting of the millennium is going to, we could advertise it, I could put it on a billboard, I could call everybody I know, we could advertise this thing, and I would be honestly shocked if I got every member of this church to show up to it, let alone the public. Why is that? Well, if I were to ask any Christian, is prayer important? A hundred percent of them would say yes, whether they actually live like it or believe it or not. But every Christian would say, yeah, prayer is essential, man. You got to have prayer, man. It's one of the best things, man. Come on, man. You got to have prayer. But if prayer is one of the weapons, if prayer is so key to our end times survival and thriving and spiritual warfare, Why are so many Christians not doing it consistently? Why are so many Christians just flat out not staying alert, being consistent and persistent with their prayers, praying in the spirit at all times on every occasion, like Ephesians 6, 18 said? Because prayer is something that you're going to have to be committed to. And the devil will fight you at every turn. He'll fight you at reading your Bible. You gotta push through that. People tell me, man, I'm just in one of those dry seasons. I, I'm reading and it's like, I used to get so much, I know I'm not, I'm not, and guess what? If you're in one of those dry seasons, that's a good thing. That means you gotta start digging a little deeper. I read stories of when they first discovered gold in California back in 1849 up there at the Sacramento area. There was such plenteous gold that people literally saw gold nuggets just laying on the ground. So people came in and just picked up the nuggets, but after a while, all the easy stuff was gone. And then people started digging, and they hit the big stuff once they started digging beneath the surface. And sometimes you're reading your Bible and man, there's just all this stuff popping out at you. And, and I mean, just so many verses. Then after a while, you've been doing this for a minute. You got to start digging a little bit deeper. You got to start. I mean, come on. You got to start digging a little bit. And you're like, whoa, this is in there. This is life changing. This is incredible. There's some incredible gold beneath the surface when you'll start really digging in to the word of God. But it's going to take being mature. It's going to take staying awake, being alert, being ready to fight the good fight of faith. And another reason I know that prayer is even difficult for mature believers. In Matthew 26, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying in his final moments, his final couple of days on this earth, before he went to the cross, he goes there to pray. And he takes his disciples with him. He kneels down and prays, and he turns around, and they fall asleep. So he wakes them up. Boys, wake up! And then he walks a little bit over this way. He kneels down and prays some more. He looks back. The disciples, they fell asleep again. He goes and wakes them up. And then he goes and prays a little bit more, and the disciples fall asleep for the third time. And he comes back and says, Guys, you couldn't even stay awake and watch and pray with me for one little bit. And they're like, well, Jesus, we're sorry, we're sorry. He's like, no, doesn't matter. Look over there. There's my betrayer right there. Judas is showing up with the mob. It was too late. But what I'm saying is this, is that these guys, you know, they had their faults and their quirks and they certainly weren't perfect, but Jesus saw enough value in them to make them his 12 closest guys. 
And even they, with Jesus Christ himself right beside them, were not that committed to prayer. So it is essential. It is key. It is of utmost importance that we as Christians, if you're going to do well in these end times, you are going to have to be committed to staying alert in the battle. Not saying, oh, there's no devil. Staying alert in the battle. And number two, staying alert and awake in prayer. And the third thing I'm going to say tonight is this. How do we have to stay alert and awake? Number three, in the final days. In these final days. There's too many people fast asleep, Christians fast asleep. It's awful. You know, and, and I, I don't say this because it's, you know, damaging me. It, it terrifies me for some people. I see some people that I haven't seen, I haven't seen them in the midst of all that's going on in the world right now. Haven't seen them at church in, in a year. But yet I see pictures of them, you know, eating at the finest restaurants, going to wherever, going to, you know, all these fun places. And well, but, but it's too dangerous at a church. It's different over there. The germs spread worse at a church. I literally saw an article on Yahoo that warned people to stay away from churches because they're the super spreaders. And I'm like, shut up. You would like that, wouldn't you, Yahoo? You'd like it if people stayed away from church. You'd love that. But listen, yeah, and there's some people, I get it. Hey, you're in this position where you can't, can't be that, whatever. But if you can go everywhere else, you can go anywhere else in the world except for church. Don't lie and say that, man, but I'm ready for the battle. Satan is not buying that. And no, no one else is buying that. You are a prime target being isolated to get picked off. And I, do I say that because I like to be mean? I say that because I'm terrified for some people. Terrified that they aren't ready when the next battle comes. Mark 13, Mark 13. Can we flip to Mark 13? Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. A lively bunch tonight, aren't we? <laughs> Mark 13. We're looking at verse 33. Mark 13 and verse 33. And we're talking about staying alert, being awake, being ready for the battle. Mark 13 and verse 33. Now, Mark 13 is one of the parallel passages to Luke 21 and Matthew 24. And so it is the Olivet Discourse where Jesus gives an account and a prophecy of what the last days will be like. Mark 13 and verse 33, it says, And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. There it is again. We've seen Paul say it. We've seen Peter say it, and now we've seen Jesus Christ himself say it. Be on guard. Stay alert. Be ready. And you know, there's plenty of people thinking, well, I don't know, man. It's not the end. They've been talking about that my entire life. You don't comprehend God's time zone very well, do you? Because Second because Peter 3.8 tells us that a thousand years is like one day to the Lord. And so people are like, man, they've been saying that for a thousand years. So in God's time zone, he's been saying it for about a day now, two days, right? 
thousand years is like a day. And, and so people don't get that. Man, here I am 50 and I've been hearing that my whole life. Listen, that means that 50 years in God's time zone is what? Like five minutes, 10 minutes or something. It's the last days. And we're seeing it more and more and more. So don't be one of those Christians that's asleep. Not alert. You're not awake. You're, you're just, your mind is somewhere else. You have got to be ready at all times. There's never been a worse time to be lazy with your faith. And I say that with all sincerity. It's never been a good time to be a lazy Christian or, or lazy with your faith. But this is literally the worst time in human history that you could be lazy with your faith and just just some optional thing. Well, yeah, I read the Bible when I got time. I, I pray if I've got a little extra time or when the, you know, if it's my day to, you know, pray for the food or, or I, I go to church if there's nothing else going on that weekend or, or I do this and I do that. This is the time to take this more seriously than you ever have in your life. Don't be lazy right now. I put it this way. If Jesus can rise from the dead, you can rise from the bed. Get up, get into God's house, get into God's word, get into prayer, get into taking this stuff serious. This is the real deal right now. Can we look at verse 36? Verses 36 and 37. Again, this is the words of Jesus. Words in red. Verse 36, Jesus said, Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. Don't let him. Why would he even have to say that? He just gave us sign after sign, detail after detail about what we're supposed to be looking for. But right here, even after Jesus gives you basically, okay, it's going to look just like this. Be ready. Even at the end of all that, he has to say, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. Because as we said Sunday, listen, all the signs are there, but nobody knows the day or the hour. And there's plenty of fools that predict the day and the hour. And I think Jesus would have came back by now. He's just waiting on a day that hasn't been predicted yet because he can't come back on that day, right? I mean, he could have came back 20 years ago, but everybody, all these weird prophets have prophesied different days. I'm like, shut up. Leave one day open. I need him to come back. I want to get out of here. It's getting weird. I'm ready to go to heaven, man. But Jesus said, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. And so look at verse 37. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. He's not just picking on you. He's not just saying it to you. Jesus said, I say this to everybody. Watch for him. Be alert. Be awake. You know, you ever had a coach smack you in the back of the head? Look alive. Come on. What's going on? Look alive out there. Be ready because the day is coming. It is coming. And you know, I, I, and, and maybe you're tired of hearing us say this. Maybe you're, and, and, and I found out that, you know, in, in preaching and in church, people don't get what you're talking about till you drill it into the head about a hundred times. There's so many Bible verses that I've heard my entire life, man. I've heard Malachi 3, 5 million times. But guess what? It is firmly in here. And the best way for you as a Christian to learn something is repetition. And so I'm telling you, if you don't like hearing this stuff 
it's probably going to keep coming at you for a minute until everybody starts to get it. Stay awake. Be alert. Be sober. Be vigilant. There is an enemy. He's not pretend. There is an enemy. Jesus is coming back soon. And I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Don't go to sleep. Don't put your Bible down. Don't quit talking to your kids about this. Don't quit taking your kids to church. Don't quit teaching your kids Bible verses. Don't quit quit saying dumb stuff like, well, they preached on that already, or they already heard about that. That means that you probably need to hear it again. You're probably the one that Jesus needs us to preach this about again if you're the one sitting there complaining about that you heard that already. That was a rant. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> but listen, you've got to get this. And and I'm just, I mean this with all my heart. There are some people that need shaken a little bit and to say, wake up, man. It's coming. It's coming. There may be a calm right now, and we've said this. There always seems to be, you know, a surge in crazy, and then things calm down for a little bit. And then all the lukewarm Christians and the rest of the world are like, oh, okay, it's safe now. I'll just go back to what I was doing. And then the next wave of junk comes down the pike. Listen, it may seem like, well, things are calming down right now. You know, the diseases are getting a little bit softer and there's no political upheaval at the moment and there's no riots going on and there's none of this going on. I think I'll just go back to what I was doing. Bad idea. Because the next wave's always worse than the last one. And again, I'm not doom and gloom, not scary, not, not, I'm just being real with what scripture tells us. And everything that we say boils down to this. Stay alert. Stay awake. Because just when you think, well, everything's calm, everything's fine, that's a terrible false sense of security. And when you put your weapon down, when you put your faith down, when you start taking it easy on the things of God for a minute, that's the worst possible place that you could be in take this more serious than you take anything in this world take your faith take the word of god take your prayer life take church take the people of god more serious than anything else in this world the day is coming and it's coming soon and we have got to be ready because when i hear that trumpet when i see jesus in the sky man I'm not waiting around for nobody. I want out. I'm like, take me on the first boat out of here, man. I can't wait to get out of here. That may sound bad, but I want heaven. I have studied and I am very well acquainted with what the Bible says about heaven. I want to get there as fast as possible. I'm ready for this. And I want everybody to be ready for this. It's no joke. This is nothing but real. Stay alert. Stay awake. Be ready. Can somebody say amen? All right, we're going to close it out there for tonight. Hallelujah. Can you go ahead and stand up with us? Can we stand up together? Who has been blessed tonight? Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. I want to go ahead and uh, close us out in prayer here. I know it's, like I said, it's nasty and cold and windy and wet outside. So get on home. And uh, But this... Friday, ladies, is the women's meeting, 6.30, so come on out. It's going to be a great time. And then Sunday is membership class, 4 to 7, so if you haven't signed up, go sign up. It's going to be the best three hours of your entire week, all right? I promise. It's awesome. And so, 
you got it, you got it, right? So Sunday from four to seven, and then of course Easter's coming up, and I'm challenging you. If you know this isn't a ploy or a gimmick, but if you really do think Jesus is coming back soon, this is a golden opportunity to invite somebody to church because there's people that are open to going to church at least on Easter, even if they won't go any other day of the year. So. This is your golden opportunity to invite somebody. Bring them in here. We'll preach to them, you know, and, and, and the Lord will do the rest. But just get them in here on Easter Sunday. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in your word tonight. And God, we commit to stay alert to stay awake, to be ready. We are not going to lay down our swords. We are not going to lay down our faith. We are not going to get lazy in in going to your house. We are not going to get lazy in obeying your word. But God, we commit to be more uh, committed to you than ever before, to be more persistent with the things of God than we ever have before. And we know that we will be ready when that glorious, beautiful day arrives. We love you and we praise you and we thank you for it. And now God, as we leave here tonight, I pray for your protection and your blessing to be on every person, every household here tonight. And those listening online, Lord, surround them with your angels. And we thank you that we are blessed everywhere we go, everything we do, if we're living for you. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow, and then we will see you this weekend. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Have a great night.